Hey guys, welcome to Conversations from the Secret Place with Yolanda. Conversations we have with God in our quiet time. Conversations about this journey of faith that we are on. Shared experiences are truly the best. Hey guys, thank you all so much for the wonderful feedback with regards to the first episode. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen. And if you haven't checked out the first episode, I would recommend pausing this one and checking out the first episode before you get into this one. But again, thank you. I really appreciate it. Welcome to today's conversation. Today I will be touching on a subject that I'm very passionate about. There are some things that we as believers need to come to terms with and really acknowledge. And when I say we as believers, I mean you and I, every single one of us. I've had this conversation so many times with God. And even now, as I'm sharing with you, I am also speaking to myself as much as I am speaking to you all. Um, If you hear me pause, it's probably because I need to take a drink of water. Because this is going to be a lot of talking um, today. So the subject, com- uh, the conversation subject is what if God never heals me? I've derived this from the story of the Apostle Paul and the thorn that was in his flesh. So as we know, the thorn that was in Paul's flesh was never removed. Hence the episode title, what if God never heals me? Or better yet, what if my thorn is never removed? So as I like to, I like to start with a bit of background so that we know who and what we're talking about. So who was Paul? So his name before it was changed to Paul, he was known as Saul of Tarsus. And before his conversion, he was a merciless persecutor of the early church. First Timothy 1.13 tells us, uh, he says, he writes and he says, even though I was once a blasphemer, and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. There in 1 Timothy 1.13, Paul was summing up the characteristic features of what was considered to be his brilliant career as a young Pharisee leader. And it was then when he saw the the resurrected Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road that Saul converted to Christianity and became Paul. Of the 27 books in the Bible, uh, Paul has been credited to have written 13 of those. It is said that Paul had a brilliant mind, a commanding knowledge of philosophy and religion. And I think one of the greatest lessons we learn from the conversion of Paul is that God is truly merciful, even to those who we would consider to be, you know, evil, even those we would have considered to be evil. But you find that Even after Paul's conversion, all the missions and all the profound teachings he went about, you know, sharing with people, we get to know that even then he still had weaknesses and hardships to deal with, the famous thorn. So let's lay our foundation for the purposes of context and understanding. The main scripture passage for today is 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 10. The book of 2 Corinthians is a deeply personal letter that Paul was writing in response to the church he established in Corinth. 
it reveals the heart of Paul as a pastor. And it's also Paul's fourth letter to the church in Corinth. So how do we know that this was a deeply personal letter? He says in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 4, he says, For I wrote to you out of great distress and anguish of heart with many tears, not to grieve you, but to let you know the depth of my love for you. And so we get further along in the in the chapter and we get to Second Corinthians 12, 1 to 10, uh, where we get today's uh, conversation subject from. So I'm going to read and it says. I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained, I will not I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things. Excuse me. Things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain. So no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Or because these surpassingly great revelations or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Uh, so I've just read, if you if you need to go and read again, <laughs> so I've just read Second Corinthians uh, 12, 1 to 10 there. So firstly, I want to look at what was Paul's thorn. That's what that's where we'll start. And the first clue we get from Paul himself, first clue we actually get it from Paul himself in that scripture passage when he says, I was given a thorn in the flesh a messenger of Satan to torment me. Other scripture versions say the messenger of Satan to buffet me. To buffet means to drive, to force, to move, to attack, as if by repeated blows. You know, something that strikes with a telling force. And many have interpreted this thorn as some form of sickness or some form of uh, physical impairment. However, in Romans 8.26, it says, the spirit also helpeth our infirm our our infirmities. <laughs> English there, <Oof. laughs> a lot of English today. Um, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. So instead of so, I don't based on that. I don't, I don't believe. I don't feel that Paul's thorn was, uh, in relation to a sickness. And so instead of referring to sickness, I think the words in the flesh most likely describe a type of event 
or thing that was of constant source of irritation to Paul. And this caused him personal distress and kept reoccurring over and over again. The second clue we get, it's um, verse 10, which goes on to say, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Again, I don't think based on the, the, the few that he mentions there, the hardships, the weaknesses, the insults, persecution. I mean, hardship could be an illness. But again, as I've said, based on Romans 8, 26, I don't feel that the thorn that was in Paul's flesh was in relation to a sickness. So I'm guessing that in this case, the thorn could have been any of those. The weaknesses, his, the insults, the hardships it could have been any of those. There's no specific or explicit mention of what Paul's weaknesses were. So let's use the ground, the the information that we have so far, and let's bring ourselves into the picture now. And I'll ask this question. What are some of our weaknesses or the thorns in our own flesh? And those things, you could find that they could be anything from lust, cheating, lying, sexual immorality, fornication, blasphemy, adultery, masturbation, uh, gossiping, gluttony, gluttony is gluttony, gluttony, wow, (laughs) gluttony, Uh, what else could it be, it could be, there are a lot of these things, but those are the ones that tend to come to mind, right, the list is endless, the list is endless, we all have many weaknesses and things that constantly bring us distress, I've seen how more and more we have fallen into the habit of categorizing sin as believers. Again, when I say as believers, I mean you and I as a collective, all of us are included in this. Whilst, yes, in the world's judicial systems, there are different rankings of crime. You've got the blue collar crimes, the white collar crimes. Blue collar crimes are those that are visible and can be seen in physical nature, such as murder. Then the white collar crime it's not so visible, it's more technical, such as income tax evasion. And you find that whilst every crime has a consequence, there are some that aren't regarded to be as serious as you hear, oh, petty theft, you know. What's petty theft? Theft is theft. And however, in the kingdom, there is no sin that is more serious than the other. Yes, the consequences differ, differ, but gossiping is equally as bad as cheating, as it is to murder. And I know that's going to be a, a, oh my goodness, oh, but that's two different extremes. But I feel like this is the truth. This is the truth that we have to acknowledge once and for all as believers. Because you see, this is how we end up, um, we've because we're falling into this uh, habit of categorizing sin, this is why we have an issue when it comes to, oh, people, you know, nitpicking scripture. Because in our minds, we feel like, oh, this is not as bad as this. This is not as bad as that. And, you know, growing up, um, when I used to, when I was younger, like much younger, uh, and I used to steal meat from the pot, and my mom would find out and she would tell me off. She used to always say, if you can steal meat from the pot, what else are you capable of doing? And I used to get so upset because I'm thinking, dude, Stealing meat from the pot is the least is the least of your worries with me. That's all it would ever be. 
But what my mom was trying to get me to see from a young age, from the onset, is that let's not fall into this habit of the lesser of two evils, where we now start seeing something as, oh, it's not as bad. Let bad be bad. Let a wrongdoing be wrong. Let wrong be wrong. Because what we what now happens is that we become desensitized to the things that are wrong. And we've now start creating, oh, this is not as bad as that. And sometimes it is to make ourselves feel better. Because it's like, oh, okay, Yolanda, it's okay. You're just a gossiper. But it's not as bad as cheating. Okay, well, do you feel better now? Do you feel better about your life now? Now that you know that you're a gossiper and, and you're not a cheater, does that make it any better? Oh, that's okay. You only cheated, but you're not a murderer. Does does that make you feel better? Does Does that make it any better? Because all of them, in the eyes of the Lord... They are the same. Yes, consequences differ, but it's all the same. And I feel like if we if we actually acknowledge that and we see it as that, then we would stop sidelining people. We would stop casting people aside. Because somehow we've believed we've con- we've convinced ourselves that their wrongdoing is worse than ours. When really we're all in the same boat. We are all in the same boat. And so the, the the grace that is available to me is most definitely available to the murderer next door. There's no murderers next door, by the way. But I'm just saying. <laughs> but guys, this, this is the reality. And, and I know someone's thinking, no, nah, that's extreme. And hear me. Just because there is a grace that's available, it doesn't negate the consequences. The consequences still remain. Justice will still need to be served. But the grace that is available for me is available for person A, uh, sorry, person B and person D. It's available to all, that same grace. And, you know, side story, there was a church service I attended somewhere and the worship was incredible. And afterwards, when I was leaving, uh, I saw the person who had been leading the, the worship smoking outside. And honestly, hand on heart, this this is many years ago, but hand on heart, I was baffled. I was I was shocked. That how could you? Because in all the churches I've grown up in, <laughs> you you will not mount any stage. Smoke, smoke what? That's not happening. But you know what? Holy Spirit convicted me and said, Yolanda, smoking isn't a sin, it's a bad habit. What makes it bad is that we are instructed to put away bad practices, especially as our bodies are temples. Whilst smoking is a physical, is, is a visible bad habit. But what about the many other bad, bad habits you and I have? The bad habits that we do behind clo- closed doors. If those habits were, were to be brought to light, would any of us have the right to mount the stage? Would any of us have the right to do, to do anything? And it's this is not to um, this is not to encourage you know that anything should just go that we should just allow any odd thing to go. Don't don't you know don't twist it that way. I need you to look at it from the perspective of we are all the same. We are all the same, whether big, small, extreme, not extreme. We are all the same. And so you won't let a smoker sing to you in present day, but yet. You love to quote a psalm daily. 
But David was doing daily madness, yet he was a man after God's heart. (laughs) Guys, think about it. When you think about the stories we hear in the Bible of how some of these people were. And you think this this is not a fairy tale, guys. This is real life. If we think about living living life in the times of David with all the craziness that he did. And, and we've been told, yet he was a man after God's heart. Phew. So anyway, what am I saying? What am I saying in all of this? So the first thing I, I need you to know is that all sin is the same. No sin is greater or more serious than the other. No thorn is is greater than the other. A thorn is a thorn. A thorn is a thorn. Okay, so the first question I asked was that, what are our weaknesses or the thorns in our flesh? And I went on to explain that we shouldn't categorize sin. It, bad is bad. Any, hab- any bad habit is a bad habit. And so that came with the first note, with the first pointer that all sin is the same. No sin is greater or more serious than the other. And I said, no thorn is greater than the other. So let's see. Paul asked for the thorn to be removed three times, but the Lord responded, my grace is sufficient for you. Two questions. So now that we've thought about what some of our weaknesses are, and we have in mind, okay, this is my weakness. You and I both know our individual weaknesses. We know those weaknesses. So two questions. What is your thorn and what if God doesn't take it away? So what if you're not healed from lust, cheating, sexual immorality, masturbation, lying, gossiping, eating too much? Because eating too much is a sin as well, you know? So what if all those things are not taken away? Does that mean God doesn't answer you? Will you still make heaven? And I need you to stay with me. I'm getting somewhere with this. The answer is that God will still love you. He will still listen and answer you. But just like any good parent, they would always want their child to do better. So Paul's thorn wasn't taken away as as God's grace was sufficient. So if our individual thorns are not taken away, that means his grace is sufficient. So now let's look at the third part. What does it mean for his grace to be sufficient? Well, firstly, I don't believe his grace being sufficient makes it okay for us. It's not a green light for us to continue, you know, with some of these bad habits or for us to enjoy these thorns. It, does, it doesn't mean we have a green light to enjoy the thorn. Because it's the same Paul who writes, who, uh, sorry, it's the same Paul who wrote in Romans 6 verse 1. And he says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? And in conjunction with what I wrote in one of my previous write-ups titled, Shall We Continue to Sin? I believe his grace being sufficient means this. Firstly, the biblical meaning of grace means blessing or favour from God in terms of our sinful nature it's God choosing to offer us salvation despite our rebellious nature and disobedience to him it's him withholding his wrath and offering us a path to heaven if we follow him John 3 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life 
Remember what I said in the last episode about eternal life being now in our knowing him. Whoever believes in him, we have to believe in him. And how do we believe in him? It's by knowing him. And grace saves us where we cannot save ourselves. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9, the verse uh, written by Paul makes it clear that in our weakness, God's grace alone saves us. He says, for it is by grace we have been saved through faith. And this is not from ourselves. It is the gift of God. Again, through faith. This faith comes through knowing him. So in a nutshell, his grace being sufficient simply means that when we are weak, God is strong. He provides strength for us to withstand whatever challenges are before us, in brackets, whatever thorns we have in our flesh. So, again, the first thing I said to note was that no thorn is greater than the other. Number two, note that no matter what size my thorn or no matter what my thorn is, he provides strength for me to withstand whatever challenge is presented before me. Something I also found interesting was that the thorn that was in Paul's flesh was as a result of the many revelations Paul was receiving. And it is said that They were there to keep him humble so that he wouldn't get ahead of himself, but to always depend on God's strength in moments of his weakness. So it's possible to say that some of these thorns we have, some of these weaknesses we have, are there to remind us of how much we need God. Paul says he would rather boast in his weakness so that Christ's power would rest on him. So number three, our thorns serve as reminders that we need God capital we need God so then back to what Paul wrote in Romans 6 verse 1 where he says what shall we say then shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase I believe what Paul was saying in that scripture was let's stop giving power to our weaknesses these thorns that cause us to live in sin the message of grace is there to teach us and to push us into wanting to be more like Christ instead of us misusing grace and continuing to give power to our thorns. So then how do we stop giving power to these thorns? It is by acknowledging these thorns. Paul acknowledged that he had a thorn. He acknowledged his weakness. We also see that Paul says in Romans 7 uh, verse 21, he says, so I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me for in my inner being I delight in God's law but I see another law at work in me waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me what a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord evil is right with sorry so then evil is right with me so that part where he says evil is right with me i i'm assuming he's talking about the thorn that was in his flesh perhaps he says so i'm going to read that again i'm going to read um verse 22 says for my inner being for in my inner being i delight in god's law but i see another law at work in me waging war against the law of my mind So number four point is that the closer we draw to God, the more we are aware of our weaknesses, these thorns that are in us. But also the more our desire to be like him increases as we draw closer to him. Number five, 
despite the weaknesses or the thorns that Paul had, it didn't stop him from wanting to be like Christ. He would strive continuously to do better instead of just resting and have a it is what it is mindset. Because after all, God has called us to a life of holiness. So let's 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 wrap it up and bring it home. So what if God never heals you or removes the thorns in your flesh? And remember, I listed out what those thorns could be. We all know our thorns. We all know our weaknesses. And I said, well, does it mean he won't hear your prayers? Yes, he will still love you. But I need you to remember these points when dealing with these thorns. One, no thorn is greater than the other. Two, it doesn't matter what your thorn is. He provides the strength for you to withstand the challenges that are presented before you as a result of this thorn. The temptations, the the urge to do something you shouldn't. The, he will give you that strength. Your thorn serves as a reminder that you need God. My thorn serves as a reminder that I need God. Number four, the closer I draw to God, the more I am aware of my weaknesses, the more I am aware of my thorn. But also the more my desire to be like him increases as I draw closer to him. Number five, despite the weaknesses or the thorns I have, it shouldn't stop me from wanting to be like Christ and to continuously strive to do better instead of resting in my thorn, instead of uh, accepting and being like, yeah, this is what it is. This is my thorn because he has called us to a life of holiness. So even if God doesn't take away my thorn, I should strive to be like him. I should strive to continue being like him. The whole aim of this, um, you know, whole conversation today is to to really hammer home that it doesn't matter what kind of thorn you have. It doesn't matter. Even if that thorn doesn't get taken away, strive after godliness, strive to do what's right. Wake up every day with that determination that you know what? And and grace is that, grace says, I have forgiven you and I am giving you a chance to try again. That is what grace is saying. I'm giving you, an, I've, I've forgiven you and I'm giving you an opportunity to make a better decision today. So yes, this might be my weakness. Yes, this might be the area I struggle in. But God, I am chasing after you. God, I am determined to make the choices that please you. Yes, God, I may want to do this because this is what I know and this is what appeals to my flesh. But I am choosing you. Yes, God, I like watching certain things. But Lord, I am choosing you. Yes, this thorn is there and I'm reminded of this thorn every day, but I am choosing you. This thorn reminds me that I need you and you have told me that in my weakness, you are strong. So even if that thorn is not taken away, if you are not healed from some of these things, and don't get me wrong, it's not to say that, that you know, I'm not saying the blood doesn't work. So please guys, let's calm down. That's not, you know, and if, that's what's coming out, then you've missed it. You've really missed it. But if you struggle with the thing forever, are you going to give up? No. You strive. It doesn't matter how many days you trip up. 
I got it wrong yesterday, but you know what, God, thank you for a new day. Thank you for the opportunity to try again. And I will continue until I'm looking like you, until I'm sounding like you. And also I want to say, you know, it's let's let's really honestly stop this categorizing of, of sin. It's all one and the same. We are all in the same boat. My struggle, just because my struggle might not seem severe or it might not seem as extreme, a struggle is a struggle. A weakness is a weakness. A sin is a sin. A thorn is a thorn. Let's see it through the eyes of God. And, you know, then that way we would be able to actually start holding each other up. Then we would start, then we would able, we would be able to walk with one another because I'm not looking at you with with a heart of judgment I'm not looking at you through the eyes of judgment just because you took an option that I wouldn't necessarily take and this is another thing we like to sit and say oh it could never be me (laughs) that's because you know what thank god the situation hasn't arisen in your life Because if you ever found yourself in some of the situations you've seen others in, you might do worse. So this whole, oh, it could never be me. It could never be me. Just thank God the the situation hasn't happened to you. You haven't found yourself in that situation. I hope the point has been clear that if God doesn't heal you from some of these weaknesses or from some of these bad habits, and I feel what what would happen and i've i've written about this is that the closer we draw to god the 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 less of an appetite we have for these things the less gossiping seems appealing the closer i draw to god the less cheating seems appealing the closer i draw to god so it's not that the moment you start drawing close to god everything just stops for some yes for some yes but the reality is that it's it's a work in progress. It's a work. It's a process. You go through the, the, the changing, the journey. You go through it. Paul, he's telling you. But I have a weakness. He's telling us that despite all these things, all these great things I've done, all these amazing missions I've been on, I still have my weaknesses. So what more for us? What more for me? But the bottom line is that God wants us as we are and he wants to change us. It's his love that brings us to repentance. It's his love that changes us and molds us into better, into better versions of us. And so, yes, that is the end of that conversation. So, yeah, let me say a prayer. And yeah, thank you for listening. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love that is unconditional towards us. Father, I pray that you would forgive each and every single one of us for the times we have judged and cast aside people based on our personal opinions, when instead you have called us to love one another with the same love you you have extended to each of us. Father, help us continue identifying our thorns and let these thorns remind us of just how much we need you. Help us to strive to live lives that would please you. Lives where we don't give in to the thorns we have. May we find strength in knowing that when we are weak, you are strong. But above all, may we come to the realisation that your love truly covers all. 
In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. I look forward to sharing the next conversation, guys. Take care. Thank you for listening in to this episode of Conversations from the Secret Place with Yolanda. I look forward to the next conversation. Take care. God bless.